0: Started here huh I'm Sean Humphries and hey welcome to the live broadcast right EPS elite performance systems man I've got a cool show put together for you tonight and it's training for winning performances and man in this broadcast I'm gonna open your eyes to the true meaning of performance okay and how the great athletes break down their training and define the steps of performing well in training. And more importantly, what their job, and if you're an athlete and watching this evening, what your job is in competition. And nobody's probably ever said that to you. Nobody ever said it to me. And, and I'm gonna give you some insights to the Olympic training model and how these steps in performing are an integral part and in integrated into the Olympic model. And basically, man, I'm going to gonna dissect performance for you like you've never heard it before. And because this is all Olympic training stuff, and this is going to be cool. So if you've never met me before, I'm Sean Humphries. I'm a high performance coach. And I specialize in changing the performance of individuals whether you're a highly skilled athlete or you're on your way to being one or you just want to improve your performance, you're in the right place, All right? Make sure you can hear me. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a little love sign, baby. And also, hey, if you got some people that you know, tag them. Pass this along because um, everybody could li- use a little help in our performance f- for sure, okay? All right. And um, also, hey, let me know where you're watching from. Just, you know, give the state. You don't have to give details if you don't want to get, you know, too crazy on it. But I, I like to know where people are tuning in from, all right? It's, it's pretty cool, especially when I go back and watch the questions or feel the questions from the rebroadcast. Um, I like to know where I'm chatting with, okay? And which is pretty cool, all right? So when we look at this, from performance. All right, so when you look up the term performance, it reads like this. Performance is completion of a task with application of knowledge, skills, and abilities. Okay, it's completion of a task with application of knowledge, skills, and abilities. As a young teacher, I would read this over and over many times in my career, early in my career, my teaching was really all about the technical piece, okay? I mean, that's really how I was taught and that's really how I um, started off in, in teaching and coaching and training was a technical piece and I think that's where most people start, right? And I had a lot of success with my students and, and I was very efficient in building golf swings and helping athletes learn how to work through their solutions and put in the technical piece or the technique piece and help them diagnose their ball flights and implement solutions and help coach themselves along the way. But, you know, for me, what did that have to do with performance? And for you, what does that have to do with performance? What does that have to do with you performing in competition? And so... You know, but maybe, you know, the completion of the task with the application and the knowledge and the skills and, you know, the abilities of executing a golf shot, maybe that's what that had something to do with. But how do you translate that into preparing athletes for high-stakes situations and growing their self-image so it becomes like them to do something that they've never done before, such as? performing in a three or four round event. And having some, no, I don't wanna use the word consistency because I think that word gets overused. And I think consistency has varying degrees. So, but having some performances that are somewhat tight to the wire, so they're not so much up and down. That might be a, a different way of saying it because consistency gets overused and I'm not really sure when people say, hey, I'm inconsistent. Well, heck, we're all inconsistent. Um, but we, I hear it all the time, you know, from, you know, if you're, like someone say, you know, my son or daughter has a low number in, a, in a, the first round, in the second day it's a high round, or vice versa, or they're contending in the competition and coming down the stretch and they always shoot a high number on the back nine. And this is a performance that we want to change, right? And we're gonna talk about that. Or I can, or you hear athletes talk about it all the time or parents talk about it, say well, the, my kids can go out and play a recreational round of golf and they shoot a real low number or they light it up and then they shoot a million in competition. And there's, there's a lot of layering degrees that cause that but the things that we're going to talk about tonight are going to kind of cut through a lot of that uh, stuff. And if you've watched any of our live broadcast, um, you know, we, we cover this content quite a bit. And we're going to dive in it again tonight. You know, years ago, you know, my, teach, my teaching represented, you know, more of the technical piece. And, you know, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I really did, because, you know, I had athletes winning all around the world, but I couldn't tell you why they won. And more importantly, I couldn't tell you why they lost. And every time I would go to help them, it was always working on the golf swing. But I was good at it, but I was getting results, but I didn't know why I was getting results. And I really didn't know how I was getting results. And frankly, it was probably purely just from the skill set that the people that I, w- I was working with. And usually that, that's, we're going to dive into that tonight we're, uh, on the skill set. You know, I would, I would work with the golfers and I'd fix their swing on certain issues. I would get the ball flight straightened out and help them along the way, hoping that they would find performance or have a better performance. And, you know, that teaching and training model, that's the training model we live in. And, you know, honestly, it doesn't work. And it never will work because it's not building, you know, the muscle upstairs and teaching the athletes the knowledge piece because, you know, I read it in the definition. It's the knowledge, it's the skill, it's the ability to perform the task. And we spend all of our time on the skill set. And, you know, And knowledge is a skill set, but I'm gonna say the skill set of the technical piece, right? It's important, but that's what everybody works on. My goal was to help the athletes learn how to change the way they perform and give them the opportunity to have winning performances. Like my dear friend, Coach Bill Parcells, always told me, he said, Sean, he goes, you owe it to your athletes to give them the opportunity to win. And you know, I made that my mission, right? and but the first thing that I had to do was to understand performance. And I didn't have a clue what it was. and And everybody's talking about performance. They got it in the name of their name of the businesses, you know, whether it's um, you know high performance or golf performance or sport performance or whatever it is. they've got this term in the name of their business or we're going to change your performance. and I mean, I've had a lot of conversations over the last few years and asking people, okay, tell me what performance is. And you'll get an array of answers. And I know I didn't have a clue what it was. And, and I really started, when I went into the uh, NFL, that's when I really started understanding what performance was. And I needed to understand what performance was in the context of training and performing. I needed to understand what performance was in the context of training and performing. If you're going to change the outcome, you must change the way you think and the way that you train to change performance. Let me repeat that again. If you're going to change the outcome, you must change the way that you think, the way that you train to change performance. And that can be challenging. You know, everyone says, you know, and this is, this is crazy because everyone says this, right? Everyone says there's a big difference between training, <clears throat> training and performance. And I used to think the same thing. And after spending time in the NFL and years in Olympic training, alongside these best coaches in the world, my world changed. And it changed to the point to where I started understanding what performance was and how to train performance. Okay? Nobody talks about that. They do at the, these high levels, the Olympic level and the NFL. And at this level, you know, there's, at there's this level there's no difference between training and performing. At the Olympic level, there's no difference. And I'm gonna dive into that. And there's a difference in In your training, and in order to make a difference, let me rephrase that, in order to make a difference in your training, your training must have higher consequences than the competition. That's one aspect, okay? So after about 10 years of Olympic training and years in the NFL, I now understand what performance represents and how to train athletes and teams to have winning performances in training. Now, let me repeat that. To have winning performances in training. If you want it to become like you to do something that you haven't done before, you need to train like it's you to do something that you've never done before. Then it starts becoming like you to do it, and you're giving yourself you know, an opportunity to carry over to competition. See, that's never done in this sport. That was never done in golf. And I got really frustrated with it, and that's why I stepped outside of my space, you know, back in 2000. And uh, I looked all around, and no one's doing it, And but they're doing it in all the other sports. And that was important to me, and I'm glad they were doing in other sports. So what if... I told you your job in training is to isolate and master steps of performing well. What if I asked you, or I told you your job in training is to isolate and master the steps, master the steps of performing up performing well. What would you say? What, what would you do? Um, how would you go about it? Um, How do you master the steps in performing well? And I'm going to go into that as we keep peeling this back one layer at a time. All of this stuff is really going to start making sense as me just start jumping into the, you know, the, the bread and butter of this piece. So what if I told you your job in competition is to execute the steps in performing? What would you say? What would you do? How would you go about it? So your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well. Your job in competition is to execute the steps in performing. That's it. That's your only job. But what are these steps? We're gonna get that. Here's something interesting when you talk about winning is that 95 you know the 95% focus purely on the skills when things go bad or go south and they work harder on these skills and they work harder on the techniques and spend more, spend countless hours hitting balls over training over trying spending time with your swing coaches more time with your swing coaches and hoping for a different outcome in the next event. Let me know if this happens to you because I used to do it, okay, years ago. That's the 95%. The 5% in Olympic athletes work on this. Before I get to that, the 95%, 95% of all the winning is done by the same five percent 95 percent of the time just think about that for a second you know think about major league baseball right okay washington nationals got them one this year and matter of fact i work with a pitcher that pitches for the nationals and they got sick and tired of being sick and tired but who they have to go through they had to go through the astros right the astros have always been there at least for the last few years Kansas city royals New York Yankees, L.A. Dodgers, look at in basketball, right? Golden State, how many championships did they win, right? Five or so. And then Toronto got sick and tired of being sick and tired. San Antonio's always there, right? Cleveland was there. Miami was there. So uh, when you look at football, right, it's the Patriots, right? Saints are climbing, climbing that ladder hard. And so it's the, the 5%. So why is it the 5%? Why, why is it that the 5% are doing the majority of the winning? It's their habits and attitudes towards their training, their steps in performing well, and their habits and attitudes improve their chances of winning. So when their habits and attitudes are right towards their training and their steps in performing well, success is inevitable at the bottom line but the, it's the habits and attitudes. That's why the 5% do it. And that's why they get all the winning done. And so what does that have to do with performing well, right? With these habits and attitudes. Well, first you must have the attitude of, hey, I can do this, right? Just by saying I can do this, you have basically A 50% chance of success if you say I can't do this or I won't do this or I can't do this you've got about a 20% chance of success when you start saying hey I think I can do this you got about a 40 45% chance of of success you move to I can do this it moves to 55 to 65% and on up I can do this I did it you know, at the 100%, I think I can do this, man, I think I can, I can, I did it. That's where those, those they all operate. I think I can do it, I did it. And it becomes like you to do it. That's the attitude, it becomes like you to do it. It starts with the attitude. And that, that sets the whole stage. So when most people look at performing, right? So when we watch performance, right? When we watch a football game, we watch a basketball game, we watch a baseball game, um, we kind of, we're kind we kind of looking on outcome. We look at the outcome of the play, like in football. We look at the outcome of the play and how much yardage they made on that down or, and whether they caught the pass or not. And if uh, such as a receiver running a particular route and he catches a great pass. We're watching the player catch the pass, right? We're watching that outcome. Or a golfer hitting a shot. Um, you watch the swing and say, wow, man, he's got a really, really pretty swing. I like the way he swings at it. And he, or he hits it really far. Or, oh my gosh, he hit it so close to the flag on that shot. And, you know, we say maybe that receiver had a really good performance that day. And that performance to us, <coughs> excuse me, is the outcome piece. And maybe that golfer had a great performance that day and shot 67, again, looking at the outcome, all right? So how do you train that, okay? How do you train to have better performances, or even potentially to have, why do these athletes have great performances? The great catches, the great shots, the spectacular putts, the amazing shots close to hole, and how do they do that in competition? Okay. In conjunction with training an athlete an athlete's skills, in conjunction with training an athlete's skills, we train the athlete to learn the steps of performing well. Okay in conjunction with training the skills, okay, we train them to, for, to have the steps of performing well. It's critical. It's critical in um, developing uh, athletes. And you, our, our world is kind of skewed on the um, technique side. Golf's not the only sport. I mean, they do it in all the other sports. They do it in baseball, Major League Baseball. These guys spend a lot of time working on the technical piece. And, They over, sometimes they overtrain. When you're constantly working on the technical piece, it's really easy to overtrain because how do you throttle it? Well, that's where the Olympic model comes in. So let's talk about steps in performing well. Okay, let's talk about training. And what are these steps, okay? So on the outset, all the steps are broken down into a three-phase program, okay? They're broken down into um, just checking my Facebook here for just a second. Hey, just FYI, give me some, uh, give me a little love if you don't mind. We're on Facebook tonight, live broadcast, talking about uh, training performance. All right. So when you look at this, it's broken down into three phases. Okay. The first phase is what we call. anticipation phase it's what you think about before the task okay it's what you think about not only for the task but it's what you think about that before that uh, the week before competition two weeks before competition four weeks six weeks eight weeks 32 weeks then it gets into 52 weeks and once it gets out that far then it gets into the goal planning model Okay, so the anticipation phase has varying degrees and different levels, right? And we look at it a lot as, okay, what's the anticipation phase for the task? What do you think about before the task? That is part of the steps in performing. Those need to be defined. And so the anticipation phase, I'm gonna give, give you these steps. The next steps are the action phase, okay? And that sets up the action for the task. You know, what are you thinking about during the action? What should you think about? How do I control my thoughts and control my conscious mind so that I can turn it over to my subconscious mind and let my skill pull the trigger without any thought? How do we do that? Well, let's, we use the Olympic training model to do that. That's the action phase, okay? What are you thinking about during the action? It needs to be defined, because these things that I'm talking about right here are not your skill sets. These, this is not how skilled you are. This is talking about using this, your noggin, okay? Everything above the neck, okay? By the way, majority of people work on the things below the neck and they don't work on the things above the neck. and That's what we're working on right now is above the neck. And so the action phase, okay, that's what you think about during the action. It needs to have steps that you follow, steps of performing these steps. You with me? Performing these steps. That's where we're going at with this, right? Just like in the anticipation phase, these are steps that you have to learn and master and replicate Okay, remember your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well. The anticipation phase has steps. So does the action phase. Okay, and the reinforcement phase, it's what do you think about after the task? All right, what should you reinforce? Uh, What do you think about after the play, after you ran a play? The 18 holes, after the nine holes, after the first half of a game or after the, the round, or after an event, what should you reinforce? Well, those have steps that you need to reinforce, especially after the task. After you hit a shot, what should you reinforce? It should be defined, so it controls your thoughts and grows your self-image. So, all of this starts with these, this, these phase, these three phases, which are the anticipation phase, the action phase, and the reinforcement phase. Alright, so to keep this simple for you, let's focus on the training piece, okay, that we've been discussing. Okay, so your job in training is to isolate and master the steps of performing well, okay? All right, so, what does that look like, okay? Alright, this is some really this is some good stuff because nobody talks about this stuff. Okay. All right. Number one. Okay. And let's talk about this. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to block the camera there. Let's talk about this in the aspect of your training in executing a shot. Okay. And this is And I'll talk a little bit about the Olympic model, but mainly tonight is going to be about these steps, and then I'll dive into the Olympic training model at another time, okay? All right. So the first step is you must learn how to build strategies, and the strategy program must have very defined steps you follow each time. So when you build a strategy for a shot that you're getting ready to hit or a pass that you're getting ready to throw or a pitch that you're getting ready to hit as a batter or a pitch that you're getting ready to throw, you must build these strategies, a systematic, you must have a systematic process and steps to follow that are defined, these steps, and you do it every single time, okay? And you do this in training because this is what you're going to do in competition. That's number one, that's step number one, okay? Step number two, after you learn, after you build the strategy, you must learn how to commit to the strategy that you just built. This has defined and measured steps you follow each time. And there's steps, okay, I build this strategy, okay, now I'm going to commit to this strategy, okay? It's got steps that you follow to commit to that strategy, okay? Because you can't, well, it happens all the time, but ideally you wouldn't want to try to pull the trigger with not being committed. But I talk to young athletes all the time and they do this all the time, is that they pull the trigger and they're not even committed, okay? All right, so now, number three, now that you've committed to the strategy, okay, you must now go through what is called the commitment phase, okay? Number one, we built the strategy. Number two, we committed to the strategy. Now, number three, we've gotta go through the commitment phase. This is where you rehearse, okay, the exact, sorry about that, the exact movement you plan to use for the task. This is the exact movement where you rehearse that you're going to use to perform the task, okay? This is what is called the commitment phase. So you've taken your strategy that you've committed to, okay? Or you you take your strategy that you built, and in the commitment phase, this is where you select your club and you're committing to that strategy. Then number three, you go through the exact commitment phase of rehearsing the exact movement that you're going to plan, that you plan to use for the task. It's got to be defined. It's got to be measured. It's got to be timed. Every one of these are defined, measured, and timed, okay? Now, once you rehearse this task, okay, now it's time for you to go in to execute the shot. But next step is that you have to run the mindset program. You just don't jump in and hit the shot. You've got to have a thought process that is designed to occupy your conscious mind and it's done in steps so that you can turn this over to the subconscious, which is your skill, so you can pull the trigger. So it's broken down into three steps so the athlete can replicate and duplicate. More importantly, the mindset programs allows the athlete to control their conscious thoughts so that they can, so it can turn it over to the subconscious and they can pull the trigger, hit the shot, throw the pitch, throw the pass, hit the ball without any thought at all. Okay. Now, after you execute the task okay now your goal is to reload reinforce the task okay so remember we talked about in the beginning the three phases the anticipation phase building the strategies that's where you commit to the strategy and you run the commitment phase that's the anticipation phase the action phase is where you're running the mindset program the three-step mindset program okay you execute the shot and then after you execute the shot the third phase is the reinforcement phase and we're reloading the information after that shot why would you do that well the reason you would do it is because in training okay you want to be able to put those solutions in place that you need right there on the spot and hitting that shot Wouldn't you want to do the same thing on the golf course? Wouldn't you want to do the same thing in competition? Well, yeah. Why? Because if you do this in training, it grows your self-image so it becomes like you to do this. And after you hit a shot, it was it great, was it good, does it need work? Do I put those solutions in place? But also, when you're reloading in training, what are these five steps that we just went through? Okay. The first one is the strategy. It's the first thing you go to. How was my strategy? Was it accurate? Okay. Number two, was I committed to the strategy? Okay. Number three. Okay. Was my commitment phase really accurate and detailed? And did I make the exact imprint on the shot that I wanted to hit? Number four, Did I run the mindset program correctly? Did I have too many looks? Did I rush it? Was my timing off on it? Okay. And number, we execute the shot. Then number five, we're reloading this information and we're going to these steps of performing and we're going back to them all the time. Here's the thing is that most athletes and even professional athletes and when I had this conversation with Drew Brees last year, all I talked about were the steps of performing and the framework around it. And he was like, oh my gosh, he goes, man, this is the framework. When I, when I perform, I go back to this and it keeps me right on track because I'm reinforcing these steps of performing. Now, what do the 95% do? They get off track. They go to the technical. They go pound balls, they go throw pitches, they go hit balls, they hit, they bat, they hit more, hit more pitches, they throw more passes, they run more routes. The 5%, everything that they do is defined, it's measured, it's timed, and they're mastering the steps of performing. That's what they're trying to do. So now, let's talk about your goal in competition, okay? So we've got a little better idea of what performance is and mastering the steps of performing. That's how you see performance. That's how you see the Michael Thomases make these great catches. That's how you see the Drew Breeses make these great passes or the Tom Bradys or, you know, the the other quarterbacks in the NFL. It's because they're mastering the steps of performing and they're rehearsing these steps over and over again, and they're mastering them, and they're isolating themselves in practice. Your goal in competition is to execute the steps in performing, okay? Your goal in competition is to execute these steps in performing. When I watch an athlete, I'm watching how they run these steps of performing. That's what I look at. I look at how do they build the strategy? Are they committed to the strategy? Do they, number three, do they rehearse the commitment phase exactly the way that they're going to execute this? And number four, do they have a mindset program? Most athletes don't. Do they have a mindset program that they follow? Are their looks exactly the same? Okay. Then when they execute, I watch the reinforcement phase. Those are the things that I watch in performing. Us as spectators and fans, we watch the outcome. And you know what? I used to do that too. Even as a teacher, I did that because I didn't have a clue what I was doing but now that i understand it's defined it's measured and timed i got a systematic approach to every bit of this and if you'll follow if you follow our post on on facebook you see these young kids that i'm working with having you know busting 304 footers in a row and you're like well that's impossible no it's not impossible because we're training the impossible why because they're doing these kinds of things in their training that's busting the impossible. I mean, I, that 12-year-old kid that I'm training, she just made 80 in a row from four feet. And it's the way that they train. They're training for the impossible, okay? Um, I don't know if you just saw that uh, Victor Holland, I think that's his name, I may be butchering it, sorry if I am, uh, former Oklahoma State player, now on tour and he um, graduated with Wolf and he just now set a new PGA Tour record of consecutive rounds in the 60s. And, I mean, the last time that anyone came close to that was in 1985. And it's the way these guys are training. And it's they're, they're, they're so hyper-focused on performing these steps in training that when it comes to competition, man, it just it's it's like it feels light, it feels easy. And when that's paired with the Olympic training model so that you don't overtrain and you're constantly testing it, that's what the Olympic model does. It allows you to train for feel, then it trains for executing the shot, and then it trains you for the 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 area that you're performing in, then it trains you for competition and then that allows you to master and replicate these steps of performing and you start testing it in your training, man, that's, that takes it to an entirely different level, entirely different level. And I, I think I've told you I've got a buddy of mine that I work with out in Seattle and he's been, I've been working with him for, for a few years now And he's now at six feet, right? He started at four, he's at five, he's at six. And his personal best, you know, when I talked to him, it's about, I don't know, it was a couple months ago when I talked to him. And his personal best was like 67 or something like that in the 60s, which is incredible at six feet when you really think about it. And his new personal best is 93 in a row. 93 in a row from six feet. I don't know tour players that can do that. I don't know tour players that train like that. But, you know, these younger guys that are coming on board, that come through these types of programs, like at Oklahoma State, man, these guys learn how to train. They learn how to master the steps of performing. So when they get in competition, all they do is perform. They perform these steps. Hey, if you if you'd like to, uh, if you're interested in this, hey, be sure and check out my Facebook page, because we have posts on this all the time. And of these athletes doing these crazy goal-breaking sessions, you know, it's unbelievable what we're doing with these these young athletes. Why? Because I just shared it with you, right? Um, we're on the right track now in what we're doing and training these athletes. And the results that we're getting at the college level are, are just insane, and all these great college coaches are now, they're running these systems just over and over and over, which is, which is awesome. And, you know, if you'd, if you'd like to be a part of um, our private client group, hey, I'd, I'd love to, to chat with you. We've got some spaces open in our private client group. Also, I've got some training camps that I'm hosting over the holidays. In, uh, in South Florida, in Palm Beach. And uh, we've got some spots open for that. Just check that on my website at seanemprez.com. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this broadcast as much as I've enjoyed putting it together for you. You can join me every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. And if you know someone that might benefit from this broadcast, hey, pass it along, because we're all trying to help everyone in performance. And uh, you can reach me by email if you'd like to reach out. I'd love to hear your comments. You can reach me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at SeanHumphreys.com. Or uh, give me a shout direct uh, to my direct line. It's 972-793-7255. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I appreciate you joining in. I'll see you next Wednesday. Have a great evening.